Welcome to the Ambitious Broker Podcast, where elite real estate professionals share their secrets to success, discuss topics impacting their industry, and gain professional development insights. Enjoy today's episode. So in, in people who are coming along and they're at your stage, they're 10, 12, 15 years, and it's good for you. I mean, you, you were six years to get to uh, uh, some six-figure income, and then and it's kicked up a lot since then. And But that first six years, uh, and you actually fought with, do I stay at this oh, or not stay at this? Yeah, and, and so so why? I mean, what was it that what was it that one made you question it, and then two, you know, uh, brought you back? Um, like you said, in the beginning, I didn't know I was able to consistently make this this much money. So you don't know. You're insecure. You're insecure. Yeah. Insecure. So you're always double-guessing yourself. Yeah. Am I actually going to be productive? Am I going to be a top producer? Right. Where's my next client going to come from? Right. You know? So you're always double-guessing yourself in right. the beginning. So once you switch that you, – once you turn that switch and you're like, hey, I'm all in, there's right. no – turning back, there's no other career, your mindset kind of changes and you, you're going to be successful. It's just the amount of how, how much do you want it. You just run a little scared for a while. Yeah. 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 It's, that's the truth. You yeah. know, unfortunately, when you're 25, 26 years old, mm-hmm. you're, you know, 50, 100,000 in debt, you're looking at yourself and you're like, okay, how am I going to get out? What am I going to do? How right. am I going to be successful? Right. I found that... Um, with the agents that I had throughout the years that if you if you were able to keep track of the things that you do and be consistent with it, uh, that and that would always produce something. Correct. One sale, ten sales, twenty sales, whatever it was. Uh, that then if you duplicated it, just try to do the same thing. The hard thing was like example with me was farming. So I was a big farmer. I worked for some owners, expires and all that stuff too, but I was farming, you know, it was the core of my business. And so I had a very specific plan. I mailed X amount of times. I door knocked. I, I did all the things you did, open houses and promotions and stuff like that. And I just did it. And then certain results. And then the following year, it was easy to kind of know what Duplicate. to do because yeah. I do, I just duplicated what I did do. And then by the third year, I think is when I realized, oh, there's no chance at this at all. This is all very specific. But I can honestly say that it probably took a couple of years before I realized that do this, this happens. Yeah. Do this, this happens. Do this, this happens. And that sense of understanding is when you get control. That's what, for me personally, is when I said, okay, I, I see that this isn't just all an accident. Yeah. And I'm I'm either lucky or not lucky. It's all purposeful. Yeah. 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 So that you felt the same way. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, different things that I do, like be at the office at this time, you right. know, every day at this time, follow up with this amount of clients. Yeah. You know, where's your listing leads? Who right. are your buyer leads? How are you going to, what's your process? How are you, you know, what are your steps to get into escrow? So let it be forming, let it be cold calling, let it be referrals, let it be database. It doesn't matter. You have to consistently do it every day and have a plan and know that it's going to pay off. Know that it's going to pay off. Yeah, I would see people, there were people who got into real estate and when their, when their uh, primary value proposition for being in real estate was time off. 
Right. Not a good, not a good, it, it not was, a good reason. To it get was the wrong way out. Where I, I love people. You know, real estate's a good way to cure yourself of loving people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. real <laughs> quick, real <laughs> fast. But, but, uh, but this idea that that uh, you you would come in every day and you said, "I'm going to treat this like if I was an attorney." I go, I get up, go to work. Business, go to work. If you're and, not going to treat it that way, yeah. But so you're many not people, so many people say, "I like the flexibility." Yeah, yeah. And flexibility is like yeah, yeah. part-time mm-hmm. agent, flexible. I can go on vacations. I don't have to work Mondays or Fridays. Yeah, it's you know you gotta you actually have to work. It's your own business, so there's no nine to five. Right. It's you work seven days a week. You know you never turn it off. You right. never turn it off. It's just a way. It becomes a way of life. Right. And that's I think successful people. It's just real estate is their life. It's a drive, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the drive. You want to be successful. And I, don't you, when you say that is your life, I mean, don't you feel like it's like saying, uh, uh, I'm a doctor, okay? I'm a doctor. Yeah. That's what I do. Correct. That's who I am. And get into that moment. I see that with probably most real estate agents. I don't think they ever get to where they go, this is who I am. This is what I do. Uh, they do it. They have they, to embrace it. But they, they don't, have, but they're not saying. They don't believe it. Yeah. Or they don't. It's not a commitment. It's not a commitment. No, real estate, hundred percent, is a commitment. What's the hardest thing in in real estate today? And forget the COVID thing, but I just meant you know set that aside and just say, as you just deal with day to day real estate now, what is what's your least favorite thing? Day to day real estate recently, like let's say for this year specifically, has been loans. Specifically, when um, you know. There's so many different programs out there mm-hmm. and there's so many different people doing stuff and putting offers. It's people not being able to mm-hmm. get the correct steps pre-approved correctly. Right. Um, so that's going to be, that's probably my number one, uh, thing that I would say is negative for this, for this year specifically as when it comes just to just lending, just lending. And it's complicated by all the refis. It's huge. Uh, yeah. There, was a, there was a very similar market. I think you and I maybe talked about this in the uh, mid-'80s when we came off really, really high 18% interest, rate. interest rates in the early And then all of a sudden, everybody who bought for four years was buying at 16%, 17 15% interest rate. And then it went down, all the way down to like 10 <laughs> and uh And the refi was just crazy. It was similar then. You know, it, it, would take you, it would take you 90 days to get an appraisal. You know? Yeah, it's not that. It's not that, but it, it not it doesn't take ninety days. But right. yeah, it's just um, it's harder. Yeah, the so you're we were thirty days escrow, no questions asked. You close in thirty days. Sure, no such thing anymore. Right, right now, very it's, difficult. It just doesn't. And exist. the multiple offers. How are you dealing with that? Multiple offers this year has been uh, like almost like the REO market, where you see <laughs> ten to twenty offers. So I specifically um, have to build rapport with the listing agent. I have to stand out. Right. Um, the way I package my offer, the emails, the text messages, the calls I make are very specific. And they're all designed to build rapport with the listing agent. Right. If you don't know the listing agent, you don't build rapport with the listing agent, you might as well play the lotto and not put an offer in. Right. Because there's no way you're going to get that property accepted. Yeah, I, I think I think today, you know, I always say this, and you've heard it through all the crap that I say, is that, you know, we sell a credibility. And everything, and as a as a um, buyer today, you have to sell certainty. And I think uh, you're pretty good at saying to, to people, "One, I'm good. 
when you're when you're presenting offers. Yeah. First of all, understand you can trust me. Correct. That's okay. first off. You can trust me, yeah. and here's evidence that you can yeah. trust me. Correct. Okay. Next, let's get into my buyer. Yeah. Right. Now, well, yeah. now you can trust my buyer. <laughs> right. Because X. You right. Know, because they're you know pre-approved by my preferred lender. Yeah. Or they have twenty percent down, or they have this ready. So yeah, of course, mm-hmm. I sell my. Self first. I got to make sure the listing agent trusts me that I can make, close a transaction, but not only that, make it smooth. Well, I, I see offers. Exa- yeah, exactly. And, th- and that's, a, that's an important thing to think about. And, and, and while a client may not know the business well enough to understand all that little nuance, other agents do. Oh, yeah. So you say, I can make it smooth. Or I say that you're, you're trying to make certain that they believe in certainty. You sell certainty. I'm going to close. Yeah. This is going to close. Correct. I think it's one of the real. It's one of the iBuyer uh, sells features today. That's that's given some value to iBuying. Is that a seller says, well, if I take this, it's simple. Uh, it's for sure. I can count on it. I got flexibility on the way out. I can, you know, I can take an extra week if I need it or two weeks. Those are the kinds of things that iBuyers have put on the table, and I think that. Uh, you know, that's some of the magic that we have to get buyers to put in their deals today. How are you going to make them know that if they take your offer, it's going to close? And if they do, and they feel it strongly, I'm, I'm seeing people who will take less money oh, yeah. for it that happens. certainty. It happens. It happens all the time where, yeah. you know, uh, you see they the listing agent chose um, an offer that the price wasn't as high, but the client was more concrete. The mm-hmm. client had a better um, foundation or more down payment or the agent, the broker was better. Right. But you're, you're never going to hear that. A, a regular buyer or seller is never going to know what happens on you know the inside, right. how we actually communicate and we actually make the transaction happen. It's kind of one of the challenges, right? In yeah. other words, you need to make buyers understand that so that they know you got that special skill set. Correct. Yeah. Correct. It's part of why you went on your own and your work as a broker and trust right now. Yeah. 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 I, I made the decision in 2016 where, yeah. hey, look, it's time for me to t- take the next step in my career. Yeah. And I think I can do this and basically um, became part of the network. And part of that was to separate just being branded with other. Lower, with the other. Yeah. The yeah, other part the, of the industry. Yeah. Yeah, the other part yeah. of the industry that's there, and uh, you know, you still got to be respectful to everyone in the business, and you got to treat everyone equally, and you got to communicate effectively. But at times, um, you know, those types of people, I I want to step aside and say, it's hey, those part time other other gig people, as yeah. you said, and the people who are just trying it that aren't getting educated, they're probably causing the biggest problem for you as a professional person i they, mean they don't make it easier because right. there's a lot there's how many right. hundreds of thousands of you're agents? so nice they don't make it easier i'm telling you they're the problem yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. they're the the non-ambitious brokers are the problem because they don't know what they're doing right. unfortunately they give the client incorrect information they instruct the client they consult the client incorrectly right and then Buyers and sellers think, hey, this is the norm. The other thing I hear too is is that you're you're talking to someone about a transaction, some nuance in a transaction that your expertise, you know, has got you giving some pretty good advice. And then I hear it all the time. Well, my cousin who's in you know, got their license, you know, last month in Oregon says this, says this and I, you and you want to smack your. I had head that happen, uh, you know, less than a month ago. You know right. where. 
Um, I sold a property, been working with these clients for about six months. They trust me. Now they had their cousin, who's a commercial broker that's a multimillionaire, come to the home inspection. Guess how that went? Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. You know, I know it all. This is wrong. Why'd you do this? Don't do this. You know, just, you know, so there's people that have effects on buyers and sellers that unfortunately don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. How do you, how do you, how do you prep the buyers for this reality in the marketplace right now? The multiple offers and all that. So buyers consultation is key. Bring them to the office, sit down, you know, um, which we've discussed. What material do you tell them? You right. tell them about the transaction, what to expect. Right. And if you don't have that one hour conversation with them, you're setting, setting yourself up. You're cutting yourself short. You know, you're yeah. selling yourself short. It's, you got to have and them, them too. Them yeah, too. Them too. Them too. Yeah. You want to. You want them to get the best deal. You want to find something for them the quickest time possible. You right. know, according to the time frame. Right. So you want to make sure they understand how the market is and your point of view. And at the same time, you're going to understand what their point of view is for that one hour. You're going to consult with them. Right. Right. So you got to prep them, you know, how to get pre-approved, when to get pre-approved, what to expect, talk about multiple offers. Um, it's very common. It was two, three months ago for properties to sell 50 or 100,000 above list price right. and appraise and close. Right. I've sold multiple homes this year, 100,000 over list. Wow. So what's these buyers who, a lot of them first-time buyers even, uh, into this marketplace and they, their instinct is, well, you know, I'm going to you know, make an offer in this house. And you're like, hold on a second here. Uh, we've got 15 offers that we're competing against right now. Um, this is just like foreign land. Yeah. It, uh, right? I have a client like that I've been yeah. working with. Um, and they're first time buyers in the country mm -hmm. for 10 years. You know, so kind of fresh and they see the price and they want to offer that price. They think if they offer, let's say it's listed at 500, if they offer 500, they'll get it. Right. And you have to break it down to them and let them know that's not going to happen. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah. And these are the reasons why. Right. And the problem with stuff like that is, and this is why that consultation becomes important. You have to have that discussion before they're in that situation. Yeah. Cause yeah. if you, if you haven't had that discussion before they have multiple offers, you're going to miss out on that first house. Not only that, you, you lose credibility. Because now it sounds like you're acting desperate. Yeah. Well, you got to pay twenty thousand over, fifty thousand over, or whatever. Uh, as opposed to, you'll look like someone trying to be a scammer, as opposed to looking like someone who knew enough about what goes on to precondition them, so they they got what you told them. Yeah, and that's that selling that's your credibility. credibility. Yeah, that's selling that credibility right. from the from the up uh, start. You right. know, uh, having them understand that they can trust you. You know. Just like mm -hmm. I want to be an attorney, I'm an attorney for people now, just in real estate. Right. You know, same thing. I'll, their interest is my best interest. Right. Right. How, how have you sold any houses under list price this year? Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. Really? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, some that sit on the market for a while, you could negotiate here and there and get some, some, some money off, but there's something wrong with the property, right? right. Why did it sit there for so long? Well, I know that the, the cancellations are probably up... Um, Maybe ten percent over I've last year. I've had more cancellations this year than my past five years put together. Right, right. and because of loans, loans, yeah, primarily yeah. loans, primarily loans. Yeah, people lend. How many? How many do you think? Because what I've seen a lot is a lot of uh, 
where people get in these multiple offer situations, they they start competing, and then, buyers and then they have a little remorse, like, what did I get happens. myself into? So, so um, I prep buyers in the consultation. Mm. There's something called buyer's remorse. You mm. know, I try to break it down to them, like people have a buying cars or, you know, big purchases, like a big TV. So it's, it's mm. normal. Right. Um, up front, though, I make sure, hey, look, this might happen. You might get buyer's remorse, but when we're going to submit the offer, we're going to be 100% sure we want that home. Right. If we don't want that home, we're not going to submit on it. And then I'm going to explain through them comps and through what's going on with the market conditions to tell them this is what I recommend. Right. This is the price where I believe I'm <clears throat> going to be able to close the deal. Right. Did you ever um, get involved with coaching programs? Um, Some of the I, classic ones out there. I haven't got uh, involved with any specific coaching programs. You know, we were doing our mm-hmm. 300K meeting, which right. I, to, to me, that was coaching. Yeah. And it was setting expectations. Um, so I have not like Mike Ferry, Tom Ferry coaching. Yeah, Buffini stuff. Yeah. Buffini stuff. But right. yeah, I've, I've had mentors. I've had coaches. Um, there's people I'm lucky enough where just like yourself, I have, I'm surrounded with experience, you know, Jim Cavanaugh, there's always someone, you know, I've been in real estate 14, 15 years, but (laughs) there's still new things till every, every day, every transaction, new stuff comes up. Right. You know, and you met up, you mentioned Mike Anderson earlier. And he was very influential. Is he the most influential guy in your career, you think? Probably, yeah. yeah. He took me, mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to hook up with him. He took me under his wing. And with the REO business, I was able to stay in business. Right. <laughs> stay in business and kind of figure out how the transaction goes. So at that time, I started, you know, five years in business. I was doing 20, 30 deals, 20, right. 30 deals a year. So it was it was very influential. Well, he and he's a real no-nonsense guy. He's not a, he's not a polished... Yeah, you know, I learned all my lines salesperson. I mean, he, no, he, no. he's, he's cut to the chase yeah. and, and real straightforward with the people. Real straightforward right. and he's real fast. Right. You know, he's, he's on it. Right. Um, he reacts very quickly, um, and aggressive. Right. And that's what, and, and that's why I get, I get along with Mike Anderson so well. Yeah. Our kind of personalities are the same. Yeah. We're aligned. We're go getters. Uh, right. We don't, you know, I'm not going to sit there and wait for a call. I'm going to try to go out there and get a lead or close a lead. Right, make it happen. Yeah. But yeah. he did teach me the foundations that I needed. Yeah. What hard work looks like. And then I see the fruits of his labor. Yeah. You know, I see the lifestyle he has and the properties he owns and the sure. cars and this and that and the vacations. Right. So he he told me, hey, look, this is what you can do. Right. This is what you can get to. Were you – because you, you, you have a little bit of that – I wouldn't call you aggressive, but I would say assertive, and um, and you're you're never you're never approaching any borderline uh, BS with people. You're just like there it is. I try, you know, you know be a little, be a little. You're not as you're not as soft as some people might be. You're like cut here it is, yeah. And it's a little bit like Mike. Yeah. So and is it, it is. was it your nature, do? or did you learn from him? Um, I think it was a little bit about my ma- nature yeah. and I was, you know, I was changed or people mm-hmm. taught me a lot of different things. So I kind of adapted, yeah. I kind of adapted, but I believe in real mm-hmm. estate, um, that's how it is. You know, it's black and white, right? There's some things where you have to negotiate and there's some variables, but tell you the truth. It's what, what's on contract. The contract's black and white. So sometimes you got to be assertive. Sometimes mm-hmm. you got to be aggressive. 
But right. there's times where I soften it up depending on the client. Yeah. I have a 80-year-old gentleman and a 70-year-old uh, husband and wife right now. I'm, I sold their property. Well, you, you come from strength uh, but not uh, pushiness or aggressiveness. No, I'm you, not a you car come, salesman. Yeah. Uh, that I, mm. I do not ever – Tell a client, a seller, you have to sell, a buyer, you have to buy. Right. I'm a consultant. I show people the property. If I see they like mm-hmm. it, that's when my job begins. Right. That's when I – then it's my job to, to get them that property. You start talking about the 70-year-old uh, people. Be careful yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, mm-hmm. you know, a great – I had to soften it up a little bit, right? right. They're, they're, they're such a cute, cute couple, but I can't be as a sort of – you know, I can't be as aggressive. I got to, you know, tone it down a little bit and, you know, pick them up and drop them off and, you know, uh, do everything in front of them as in like we got to sit down and talk about disclosures. Yeah. Just be slower. Right. Have so, you, I, so so that's interesting. It's a conscious decision here. And do you, have you found that you have to reel that in a lot? Because I know you well enough to know that that that's like enthusiasm. You know, that's what I feel from you because I know you well. That's enthusiasm. Uh, maybe if I didn't know you as well, I might think it more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Do you, do, is that something that you read in people? You go, oh, I've got to dial this back a little bit or um, i got to. Sometimes mm. um, I don't. Yeah, I don't think of myself as uh, aggressive either mm. in that in that time. Aggressive right. when it comes to like consistently calling people. Right. you got to be aggressive. Right. But when you're talking to people, uh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta adapt. You gotta tone it down, and you gotta see. But uh, enthusiastic's a good word, and mm-hmm. and that's what people see. They don't see the aggressiveness. They see that I'm happy, I'm smiling. Yeah, you know, I want to be there. Yeah, you feel positive. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. project a positive, yeah. positive kind of mindset. Yeah. I, I believe in that. And I think you also have a veil of um, of um, empathy and so- softness. I, I understanding. I know even when you and I've had discussions about clients things that are going on you have you have a sense of empathy for people yeah i i do i yeah. do feel for people and like mm-hmm. just like clients who are buying their first home i understand it's a big it's a big deal and you got to put yourself in their shoes and i do mm-hmm. feel for these people you know yeah. it's not it's not just i'm not in real estate just for the money or just for the paycheck i actually do enjoy giving people the keys and you know Having them start their lives in a new home, it's yeah. that's probably the best part. And in 15 years now, you've got a, you've got clients coming back to you now. Yeah, and you've had a chance to see people that they've made money because you helped them with the investment and so forth. I, I that's pretty satisfying, huh? Yeah, yeah. And friends, some some friends probably. And they become friends. Yeah. And uh, clients, the best clients end up becoming friends. Right. And they call you back and, you know, they have that property and they see the value that's increased and they buy another property. And um, right. that, that you know, most of my clients come back to me. Yeah, you're great at that. That's that I, if I, if I had to summarize as someone who didn't know you, what I perceive to be your, your uh, success would be, that sense of, like you said, enthusiastic, happy, uh, making things happen, that assertiveness, not pushy assertive, uh, and your care, your empathy for people. I mean, that that that's the way I feel Please. you and see you. I you think know. that's a good, uh, yeah. you know, good couple words, adjectives to describe me. Yeah, and and your success and why you've been successful. So somewhere along the line. Um, you know, we talk about mindset in real estate uh, with some of these shows that we've done so far. And uh, awareness, being really honest with yourself is one of the hard things to 
for people to swallow sometimes. And people often need to hear things that they no one will tell them, right? Like, oh my gosh, you got to stop doing this, or you got to take a shower, or you got to something, right? Brush your teeth. But so there are things like that that we all see in people, and and for someone to really move forward in their career, they've got to really be honest with themselves. They've got to start by saying, man, if you see something, tell me. I'll even do that today. So what's what's not happening here? If, tell me if you know. In fact, Christopher, who was is producing these shows, I say, Christopher, you know, be honest. Yeah, yeah be honest. Uh, yeah, don't listen. I'm, I'm not uh, thin skinned. I don't want you to, you know, tiptoe around something that's a serious problem. No, if it's a serious mm-hmm. problem in real estate, you know, my mentors that mm-hmm. see it, you know, they give me feedback, or you know, the people I'm training, you know, that I see. Why aren't these people like what's right. wrong? Why aren't they closing deals? And that's part So if you had yeah, that was my question was have you had have you had anyone ever say something that just really hurt you, but you were really glad they they had the guts to tell you? Um not off the top of my head, nothing mm-hmm. specifically I can think about. Yeah. Um that kind of rattled me that drastically. Right. Um but I do, you know, I sometimes get like. I bet you know, you know pe- I bet you know people that you'd like to say something like that, <laughs> yeah, but that no, they would benefit by. No, it. but there's people that have said like, "Hey, uh, I, I get a feeling you're know-it-all, you know, or I get a feeling you're arrogant, or you know, you're conceited." That that you know that does come up sometimes. And right. You got to you got to kind of look at it, look at the picture, and see what happens. So friends friends have said that. Yeah, friends or this or that or you know, mm-hmm. um, or I pick on people. A little too much you know i'm a little bit of a jokester so right. i like picking on people sometimes all in nice nature but right. you know there's there's you know there's characteristic flaws part of your environment again yeah. <laughs> well part of what i do and part yeah. of who i am and you know i just i'm a jokester i like joking and you know right. sometimes sometimes it's not the right time to joke right you know? so that's come up but mike did mike ever say to us an example of host of you you, you got to stop doing <clears throat> talking too much or or you got to stop no uh, there's we've had instances where we called diarrhea of the mouth yeah where you talk yourself out of a listing that's right. happened a couple times where he's pointed out to me like hey don't do that you had the listing in your hand why right. why do you keep on talking if it's closed put the contract in front of them and have them sign you're done it's kind of what's been hard about real estate on one hand you you do have to sell and you do have to learn how to sell like you said when to stop, when to start, so forth. Um, and it's sort of unfortunate that you have to think about being good at that while you're thinking about how do I just really do a good job for people? And sometimes they, they feel conflicting in a way, right? You know, you're selling on one hand to get the, to get the business, but then you, at the same time, you really have to be empathetic. You're not selling like you said earlier. Not, yeah, yeah, I don't in 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 real estate. I don't ever think that I'm selling. I'm probably selling myself right. more than anything else. Right. Um, but after they understand and you know they buy into me, right. at that point it's a little bit it's a little bit easier. But um, I don't think real estate's like you have to close. It's not a hard close. Right. It's a soft close, if anything. Right. Sometimes if you know they like the property and they can't make that step, yeah, you got to push them a little bit. Or if the properties they can get it for five twenty and they offered five ten, hey, guess what? For ten thousand dollars, you can get that property. Yeah, you got to close them on that. Right. Of course. Right. That's where your sales come in, but that's not a that's not a hard close. That's just having them understand. I mean, when I first got in the business, um, uh, I I 
during college, I was doing some vacuum cleaner sales and door-to-door selling and stuff from my, my whole life, really. And uh, I remember that sell, sell, sell thing was always there. But when I got into real estate, the two most productive people that I knew in real estate was a lady named Doris Jones and one named Helen Trebecki. Helen was up in the North Valley, Doris in the South Valley. And the thing that taught me so much is when I met these people, they could not – they couldn't sell – ice water to someone in the desert. They just couldn't Doris. sell yeah. anything. But they were the most classy women. And when 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 they walked into a room, they owned you see? They owned the environment. So there was that effect. Yes. You know, they weren't a seller, but you you felt that when they walked oh, yeah. into a room, you knew they were there. That's right. So that's kind of you know top producers do have that. You they know. both have a presence. Yep. They both had a presence. And it came from kind of what we started the conversation with. When First of all, they dressed the part. And they didn't have to say a word because everything about their aura said a lot. Yeah. And this is why I get back to this thing about TV. You got the guys that are doing these TV newscasts and things like that. If they were sitting there in you know holy T-shirts, you'd be going – yeah, I don't listen to this I guy. I listen to this guy. You know, they're hard enough to believe nowadays anyway. But, but classy mm. is a very important word you say. I, yeah. I, I think classy is a good way to describe real estate. And you got to always keep it classy. Real estate's not – there's a lot of ups and downs and there's yeah. a lot of dirt that goes in between transactions. But classy is a very good w- way to describe it. They were very classy. Very classy. And, again, they they had this aura of credibility that was just mind-boggling. That was always really important to me and I think – um, yeah. So 15 years now you've been doing this and you look at me, I'm almost 30 years older than you. You got to think, what an old fart. <laughs> no, no. But when do you, when do you see, when do you see, how do you see un, unwinding this thing? Are you going to do this for another 30 years like me? I hope not. <laughs> well, I always want to be in real estate because yeah. I think I'm just, you know, I'm going to be in real estate the rest of my life. That's right. just who I am now. Right. right. But um, I don't want to be in the transactional, you know, uh, 10 years from now, let's say. For example, I want to be at different different areas of real estate. Let it be into investing. Let it be into building, uh, developing, different aspects of it. But, yeah, right. I, I'm going to be in real estate my whole life. Right. So you don't really – it's not that you don't see yourself doing it as much because that's why I, I would have said the same thing. If I was, when I was your age, yeah. I'd go, yeah. When I'm when I'm that guy's age, I won't be doing it. But then you get here and you go, why not? Well, time flies. This is what I know. And, yeah. and the difference is that it doesn't seem like it, but from from forty to now, you know, I learned more than I learned you know my first forty years of life. You know, it's like you keep learning and and it keeps you excited and you keep you know. So that's me personally. Like Mike Anderson, for example. Yeah. He's been wanting to retire. He's been telling me for the past five years, hey, Josep, I don't want to do this anymore. Josep, right. I don't want – you're going right. to take over the business. You're right. going to take over the business. Right. And he still gets that, you know, I see it in his eyes where he gets a listing and he's very excited. Yes. At 75, like he's a 30-year-old. Right. You know? So, right. you know, I, I hope I have that that much – you know, enthusiasm at that time. And that's what I, that's kind of the advice I like to give people is like, is just like, don't plan to be out of the business. Don't plan on being out of this. So it's sort of like you can plan to do other things. Yeah. You can plan to incorporate other stuff into it, but it just gets easier. But usually. This is the you foundation. Know? Yeah. You know, even whatever I do, it's going to be based off of real estate, off of what I already started. Right. Right. Exactly. All right. So, so then, um, 
What's next for you? What's next for me? <laughs> you know, I'm, <clears throat> I have big goals. Um, I do want to get to the next level. And like you're saying, icon agents, right? I want to be one day referred to as an icon agent, right. a seven-figure agent, right. an agent that does 50 transactions plus plus a year. Yeah. So that's what I'm striving towards. Right. Well, you're close. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying. Yeah. Very close. So you've also spent a little bit of time in the associations. You've, yes. you've, you've done some volunteer work. Correct. I, I do. That's kind of unusual about people that are doing your kind of, you know, business. I, I was organized real estate. I was uh, lucky enough. Lynn Blumberg was someone who, unfortunately, uh, rest her soul, she passed away. But she right. pushed me into organized real estate. And it's L- good. Learn a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It's good to see the big picture. And it's good, you know, to go there and talk to people who have a lot of experience, people who are very knowledgeable. So right. I take it as, hey, look, yeah, I'm going to do business and I want to be aggressive and I want to hit one more transaction, but I have to give back. I have to volunteer. And at the same time, I'm learning. Right. So um, you're always learning. Like you said, you learn more from 40 to 70 than you did from 20 to 40. Right. So, and that's, and I believe, I believe that. So yeah. I, I, I try to learn as much as I can. Right. So I ask a lot of the other people, I didn't warn you, I should have pre- preconditioned you for this a little bit, but uh, I'm always interested in the the weird stories. The Is there one strange thing that happened? One, you know, you're sitting at the house uh-huh. and a ghost came and patted you on the back or, you know, uh, I a just client did, uh, had a baby while you're, you know. <laughs> None, nothing that crazy, but I yeah. just had a, I just did have an in- interesting transaction where about six months ago, I was closing escrow on a transaction. It was all cash. And mm-hmm. two days before the close, the unit flooded. Oh, yeah. They had a, they had a you know, a pipe burst. The unit flooded. Well, <clears throat> now, almost six months after, guess what? I sold the unit above. Oh, you did? <laughs> the unit that flooded the other unit, I sold that. that oh, I unit. see. Got it. So now I'm still going to get the other unit. Right. But, you know, just a coincidence, just a coincidence, weird, weird stuff that happens. Real estate, you can never plan for it. It's, it's just crazy. You know, right. there's so many variables that go into it. Yeah. But uh, that's yeah. the craziest thing I can think of off the top of my head right now. Well, listen, I appreciate you spending the time it was very a much. Love you, man. You know that. And, Love you too. uh, We'll, uh, this is Ambitious Broker, yes. and I hope you enjoyed uh, Jose Stefanian. And, and, uh, this is a superstar. And, thank you. uh, um, reach out, to, reach broker. out to this guy. Thank you. So, anyway, thank you all very much. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Ambitious Broker Podcast, where elite real estate professionals share their secrets to success, discuss topics impacting their industry, and gain professional development insights. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please rate it and leave a review.